This podcast is brought to you by NeuroCreative Studio, the number one provider of one-to-one applied neuroscience coaching and development programs designed to enhance your creativity and effectiveness. Find out more at neurocreative.studio. You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. My thing is helping people understand how our brains work so that we can be better and do better in any area of life that's important to us. So as well as bite-sized brain science, I'll be bringing you interviews and advice from experts and guests who specialize in working with entrepreneurs and leaders to help them explore potential, possibilities, and ways to be more effective. And the best bit? We can start right now. Who would you trust to hold your heart in their hands? Well, that's how Ralph Watson describes the relationship between a coach and their client. So it's no small wonder that he's got some ground rules for how you should go about choosing this important development partnership and why their qualifications need to be impeccable. As the founder and president of the APC, the Association for Professional Coaching, Ralph himself is a master coach and has trained generations of coaches around the world. He takes coaching very seriously. And whether you're looking to select a coach or become one, in this episode, he tells us why you should take it just as seriously. There's an awful lot of coaching going on these days. And I know that this is something that obviously is very relevant to you and your organization. But it's also very relevant to people who are developing businesses and business concepts and careers and all kinds of other areas of their lives that they want thinking partners for, they want assistance with and so on. What would you advise people to look for, to watch for or to note when they are choosing a coach to help them on part of their journey? It's a great question. Um, Yes, there are a huge number of coaches. I read somewhere recently there's something like three million coaches in the world at the moment. And the vast majority of them are self-proclaimed coaches. I think if someone says to me, how do I find the right coach for me? My answer to that would be, first of all, determine exactly what it is that you want to achieve. And that should steer you then towards the type of coach that you want to work with. So if you're a small business owner and you want to help in growing your business, then go looking for somebody who is or has the expertise in helping small business owners rather than the generic kind of life coach Hmm. if you are someone who is looking for support with your studies as a student then go look for someone who does that so for me and, and i firmly believe that that great coaches have not only the credibility but also the qualification it would be look for somebody who who does have the necessary credentials to coach Mm. So look at their certification as a coach, look at their experience as a coach, look at their credibility and background that drives them as a coach, and then above all, talk to them, Mm. get to know them. I see so many online adverts these days where you click the link book your session, pay for your session, turn up for some coaching, and you have no idea what's on the other end of that link until the moment when you're in. 
And it may have cost you a lot of money to find out. So credibility, qualification, background, and the connection. Get the connection mm. between yourself and that coach. Mm. Because you know, I've been coaching for a long, long time. I still meet people, and in the course of a, a discovery call, we feel that we're not just quite we're not quite the right fit. So I would point them to someone else who might fit better with them than I am. Mm, yeah, the relationship is very important, isn't it? Absolutely. It's it, you know, coaching is a partnership, and it's it's got to be based on a sense that there is a real connection, that there is an element of trust. There's an element of communication and that you there's an element of of openness mm. between the two of you. you know, we we smilingly talk about rapport so often, but it's absolutely critical. Mm. Um, can I ask what led you into coaching, Ralph? Because I know you've been doing this for a long time and it was a, a career change, a sea change, if you like, when you made that choice. What were the prompts what were the signs that you followed to to get to where you are now well i'd have to say it was happy accident really (laughs) the shortened version of the story is that i stepped out of my corporate career following a period of illness and i set up a training business now my background was in sales so i started running um, sales training particularly geared at leaders and managers in the sales industry That started to go really well. Um, I got involved in, at the same time, in teaching NLP. So I put the NLP elements into the sales training, found myself traveling around the world, really, doing that, and highly qualified in doing that, having a great time doing that, enjoying a lot of success doing that. And then people were coming to me and saying, look, Ralph, the training was brilliant. Could you do some one-to-one training with our with our managers mm. or with our salespeople? And I quickly realized that it wasn't the one-to-one training that they wanted. It was this thing called coaching. Mm. Now, I'm going back to the early 2000s when coaching was a lot less well-known than it is now. And I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to do this, Much like with the training that I've been doing, I want to know how to do it properly. So I went off and and trained as a coach, started getting involved in doing that and realized that of all the things that I'd done, I loved that one-to-one element because Mm. working with a group in running training, you could see a lot of things change. Working one-to-one with somebody you could see the depth of that change. And for me, seeing that that moment when they just get it, it's it's better than money. It's really exciting, you know. And I've been doing it for 20 years and I still get the buzz. So and, and long may that continue. So Ralph, if I can just kind of track back a little bit, because you obviously have a great commitment to um training and educating yourself in how to do things properly. So what would you say are the differences uh, or maybe for somebody who's looking for a coach, the risks of, of, of getting involved with a coach who has not maybe undertaken the level of education that you would see as a, a minimum viable for coaching? Well, 
I think the danger is that you embark on a journey uh, with a guide who has no map. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I see, I've seen a lot of this over the years. You get the good salesperson who decides, oh, I'll be a sales guru. Mm. You get the good manager who decides, oh, I'll be a leadership expert. You get the person who's written a book and therefore decides, oh, I'm going to become the the author's coach. Mm-hmm. Now, they may have a certain amount of knowledge or even a great deal of knowledge in, in that specific area. That's brilliant. What they may not understand is the process of taking a client from where they are to where they want to be. Mm-hmm. and the steps that are involved, and also that when the client has obstacles, whether they be skill set, knowledge, or even, and more so, mindset, how do you help them to overcome that? Mm-hmm. And many many people, because coaching is still one of those slightly unknowns, you know, so people sometimes think that a coach is like a therapist. Mm-hmm which we're not, or that a coach will give you great ideas and give you the answers and the guidance, which we don't, because that's Mm -hmm. advising, that's mentoring to an extent. So the danger is that somebody goes to a person who may have lots of skills, lots of background, lots of credibility, doesn't really understand the coaching process, And so what they get is that person imposing their model of the world on the client. Mm. If I give you an answer, that's not coaching you. That's me giving you my model of the world. That's Mm. me taking ownership of your process. If you like, that's me driving your bus for you rather than letting you drive your bus for yourself. And that's the danger is that, that people... Get involved with someone who has background, has experience to a certain point and not in the actual coaching process. Mm. So I guess this is this is really where these two things diverge. I mean, there is obviously a role for somebody who has concrete experience in a certain area, a certain field or whatever to come in and consult or, as you say, mentor or whatever. But that is not the same then as the um, the process of getting someone to arrive at their own conclusions or helping someone have the opportunity to arrive at their own conclusions and their own decisions. Yeah. Absolutely. My, my, my job, if you like, as a coach is to enable you as the client to take ownership of your journey, mm. take responsibility for your outcome for your actions Mm -hmm. for your own walk along that journey and to take interest in that Mm. the moment that i start to to give you everything you are no longer in control Mm. you're living i'm living your life for you if you like or you're making the journey that that i am pushing you along rather than creating your own path so that then, I guess, is um, is one of the key skills that you'll be teaching people who are coming through as new coaches is 
how to actually allow people to have their own journey to to be able to sit back from it and not drive the bus, as you say. That's right, really. Um, there's only room for one person in the coaching relationship. It's the, it's the client. Mm-hmm. Coach is, is, if you like, is um, a sounding board, a mirror, an echo chamber, Mm-hmm. And is there really to ask the questions that enable the client to, to make their own decisions, to determine their own journey? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, isn't it? That sometimes, you know, when you're in this um, process with somebody and you are acting as a, a reflector, you're mm-hmm. you're showing them what they're saying. You're giving them the opportunity to see their own thinking from another perspective. That actually is it is quite often something that people haven't seen or noticed that they've been doing because, you know, it's a little bit like fish in water. They they just don't think about what their uh, what their habits are, or what their habitual thinking is. I think one of the most common phrases that I hear on such a regular basis is, oh, I hadn't thought of it like that. <laughs> yeah. So really we're there to... As much to challenge, as much mm. to challenge as to provide any kind of steerage. Well, this word challenge actually is very interesting for the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about, because as a, one of one of the philosophies, one of the core philosophies of your organization, the Association for Professional Coaching, is one of accessibility for coaching education. Yes. So... You know, this this is something obviously that that does challenge a lot of the beliefs that exist maybe um, in other areas of the coaching profession that, you know, coaching education must cost uh, a lot of money. And it it is something that is, I guess, quite a rarefied profession if you go down that path because of the investment that it requires. So can you tell me a little bit more about why you believe accessibility um, to coaching education is so important and how you make it accessible? I don't think it's important. I actually think it's vital mm. because it's my belief that everyone, everyone will benefit from the services, from the relationship with a coach. Therefore, we need to make it accessible to everyone. So part of what the APC and, and my philosophy is about is educating more people to know what coaching is and how it can benefit them and there and also making good well-trained ethical coaches available to them so i'm more interested in the mindset and the caliber of the person who comes to be trained as a coach than in the depths of their pocket. Mm-hmm. So what are you looking for in a coach who comes and is, you know, some say somebody is out there now, they're at a similar stage to where you were when you decided, uh, I'm, I'm leaving this corporate life, I'm going to do something else. Mm-hmm. What would you like to see in, in someone? What are the qualities that you would want to notice in a prospective coach? A very open mind a real love for helping people to be the best they can be. And that 
that sounds quite glib, but you really, if you don't love people, coaching is entirely the wrong job for you mm. because you are in deep with people all the time. So a real love for helping people to to achieve their goals. An attitude of excellence is mm-hmm. the way that I often uh, frame it, which means treat people as experts in themselves. You know, there needs to be a level of humility. The coach is not it's not there to to show themselves as the the big expert, the big I am. Park your ego and be interested in helping them to be as big as they can be. Mm. I think also a level of a level of desire to learn because everything we do in life generates some form of learning. So every single coaching session is as important to me as it is for the client. I learn as much during a coaching session as the client will. We just learn different things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's that desire to learn, the desire to help people, the desire to help them be the best they can be, the attitude of excellence and an ethical mindset. And that's very hard to define, but it's about doing things in the right way for the good and the benefit of the client who must always come first. Yes. Yes. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) Oh, it makes perfect sense. Um, And I think, you know, too, when you talk about ethics and so on, and I think this is very much, this conversation all ties together, you know, what we were talking about earlier about, um, you know, knowing who you are becoming involved with as a client, knowing that they have understood what the ethics of coaching are um mm. i think is is as important as anything because if you are in that space where you have decided to become a coach but maybe haven't done the rigorous training then your understanding of what is ethical and what is not in coaching may not be as clear um as as it should be and things that you know might be ethical in normal everyday conversation are not necessarily ethical in coaching. Would that be fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, It's all about, can I do it? Should I do it? Those are the two key questions. Mm. Can I do it? Should I do it? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes the things that we can do are not the things that we should do. Absolutely. Yes. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. (laughs) So, this then, I think, is our wrap-up question because um, just because I can doesn't mean I should. Uh, for anyone who is thinking about becoming a coach, um, technically they can. Again, how how would they determine whether or not they should? And we, we've touched on this in terms of, you know, you've got to love people and so on. What else should they be thinking about as their commitment um, would become to being a coach? To become a coach? Well... We've touched on some of the elements of that. Then the questions that I would be asking myself if I were in their shoes would be, who is it that I want to help? Mm. What is my background that would equip me to help them? What level of 
education do I need then to add to that in order to be able to call myself a coach? And what level of expertise do I need to reach before I start touching the lives of clients? Because mm. I, you know, I have this this saying, which is that when you're coaching a client, it, it's like you hold their heart in your hand. Yeah, you've got to hold it really gently. Yeah, because you can do a lot of damage as a coach, just as you can do a lot of good. So it's about have I got the background to help the people that I want to help? What do I need to add to that by way of the skills in order to help them? What level of expertise do I then and experience do I need to put to that before I start working with clients? Mm. Because I see too many people who will do a they'll do a one day introduction to coaching, stick a certificate on the wall, and suddenly they're yeah. a coach. Download a course for five ninety nine on <laughs> on I'm Facebook. That. <laughs> wow, that's one of the good ones. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely love what you said there about, um, you know, that, that coaches do touch people's lives. It, uh, and I think that this is the thing that we have to bear in mind um, on both sides of that relationship, mm. because we are very open and vulnerable as clients and very responsible and, and caring as coaches. I like to think so. So, Ralph, um, for anyone who is either looking for a coach or looking to find out more about coaching, what what's the best place for them to start? Uh, for me, it's the Association for Professional Coaching or APC. It uses a lot less oxygen. <laughs> if someone wants to visit our web page, they can do so. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the APCinternational.org. Mm -hmm. And there you'll find information about the association, information about coaching. You'll find our member directory. So you'll find out about all of our coaches. And there's also a link on there for our blog page so people can access blogs about coaching-related topics. We're not a huge organization. We, we never have been and we never will be because our aim is to have a community, a family of really caring ethical coaches and, and that accessibility. Mm. Yeah. Quality over quantity at the APC. Uh, absolutely. I, I like to think of us as the Bentley of coaching. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know? Everybody wants a Bentley. <laughs> absolutely. Ralph, that was wonderful. Thank you so much. I am sure that a lot of people who are curious on both sides of the coaching fence um, will get a lot from that conversation. And thank you for taking the time to, to do this with me today. You're very welcome. My pleasure. You're still here? Great. Look, I know there's a lot to choose from out there. So thanks for flying with Ambition Incubator Airlines. And I look forward to seeing you on board again soon. Seriously, though, thank you for tuning in. My guests and I love hearing about what inspires you on the show and what advice has made a difference in your life or work and what you'd like more of. So get in touch. If you want to know about my other work, head over to ambitionincubator.com for details. And don't forget to hit subscribe for more great interviews, advice and bite-sized brain science every week. 